you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of California Underground. I have with me again, Cynthia. Always great to have you on. We always have a lot of great conversations. And she's always willing to hop in. And, uh, well, this was sort of like last minute. We were going to talk about special interests and how they buy out local elections, which I think was pretty wonky. Um, still an interesting topic, which I think we need to get to sooner or maybe down the line a little bit. Um, but this interview popped up because I was on Instagram and I saw Newsom posted a clip that he was on The View. And I said, oh, I got to check out this entire interview because I'm sure it's full of plenty of golden nuggets of misinformation and falsehoods that he's talking about. Um, and so I watched and I said, sure enough, there's a lot of stuff in here. It's only seven minutes long um but there's a lot of stuff in here and i don't watch the view um if you couldn't guess um and i don't know who outside of Whoopi goldberg and joy behar i don't know who any of these people are i can tell they are all far left um there's not even a conservative voice on the panel anymore i think Meghan mccain's gone is that she's not even on the panel um and it just, it was a softball interview for Newsom. So, um, and I, I have a theory as to why he's doing all this right now, but we can get to that after the video. Once we make it through, we can discuss that. So, um, but before we get in, uh, do you have any preliminary thoughts about the video before we hop into it? No, I, I agree with you hundred percent. It was a softball interview. Um, I think, you know, a common consensus that I think you and I both agree with, but, you know, for those in the audience that might not be aware, you know, typically when you have Democrats that, you know, they have areas of opportunity to be put to the fire, they never are actually put to the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, they're never provoked, they're never, you know, questioned at all. And to be honest with you, even like, when we have Republican journalists in some situations, I I even feel like they could push back. But I always feel like Republican politicians, you know, they get, you know, the most accountability, which is fine. But, you know, that's just kind of my pre- preliminary thoughts. Um, there's a lot to unpack, too, that I think we'll get into. We'll have a great conversation. So looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's pull it up. Um, uh and first off, I, you know, I don't want to make any comments about Whoopi, but she does not look great these days. So definitely not Sister Act Whoopi, that's for sure. Um, which was a great movie, by the way. I, I liked Sister Act. I um, love it, too. Uh, so we'll just hop right in and his whole interview. So here we go. From new concerns about COVID Omicron variant to rising crime in California, Governor Gavin Newsom has a lot on his agenda as the leader of the nation's most populous state. Here to tell us how he plans to keep people safe is governor and author of the new children's book, Ben and Emma's Big Hit Caravan, Gavin Newsom. And whenever you have a point, just feel free to yell out, pause. He looks good. He looks good for someone. I, he looks a little tanner, probably from his two hundred thousand dollar Cabo trip. So he looks good. Well rested. Yeah. 
Yeah. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Oh, Finally here in person. I know, I know, not on Zoom. I'm over At first she said he looks like Pat Riley, and I thought she was referring to the American Psycho guy. And I was <laughs> like, oh, that's Patrick Bateman. Um, Pat Riley is the former Miami Heat coach. Oh, okay. So I was like, who's – oh, Pat Riley's that guy. If you ever – want to look up Pat Riley. They do look exactly alike, actually, now that he's gotten older and a little grayer. Yeah. Zoom. I'm uh, over yeah. Zoom. Yeah. He's talking about, don't put me back uh, on Zoom no school. A little five no no more Zoom school. Okay, I'm going to stop it right there. I'm just going to stop right there. Um, <laughs> it's funny that he all of a sudden is pretending that his kids were on Zoom call and that he hates Zoom um, when he was doing everything by Zoom. His kids were in private school. They didn't actually do the Zoom. They were going in person as when the, everything was shut down. Um, but now all of a sudden, he he doesn't like Zoom anymore. He doesn't want to go back to Zoom. He's over Zoom. So he's done with it as well. Yeah, we didn't even make a minute. And we're already we're like, okay, time to fact check. Yeah, <laughs> California was... <laughs> that's... I knew this was going to be a fun one. Um, yeah, California was the last state to open for live and in-person instruction. Um, so when he makes those comments of like, I'm over Zoom school and it was bad, my whole thing is like, then why were we the last in the country to open up schools if you didn't like Zoom? Um, and he always guides it behind like it's because of public health. And, and I think we could definitely elaborate more on that further on in the interview. Um, but when he said Zoom, I was just like, the irony, the nerve. <laughs> yeah, and his uh, the way he made it sound like, oh, poor me, I don't want to be on Zoom anymore. It's like, you put us on Zoom. You made everybody be on Zoom. You were the guy, like, you, you locked everything down and forced us all to be on Zoom. And now you're like, oh, please, I, I hate Zoom. It's it's cool to hate on being on Zoom now, right? Because it's, it's like, politically acceptable right the narrative's okay um which actually side note reminds me i was i was gonna throw this in at the end as like a light-hearted note but uh jimmy fallon released a song and a music video with ariana grande and uh megan the stallion all about getting your booster um and one of the whole things was like he was making fun of being on zoom and how horrible it was. So I guess it's now like accepted to make fun of being on zoom when last year it was all about like, everyone should just be on zoom. Everyone should just work from home. Um, so I guess you can tell what narrative has been approved based on like these shows, right? Yeah. The gaslighting has been out of control. Yeah. Well, we're only 49 seconds in. <laughs> And we've already pulled up. We already had to pause it. So let's keep going. I was sick of it. Yeah. Right? I, I was in California had the first confirmed case of Omicron, yep. the variant here in the U.S. Now, cases are popping up in the states across the country. We don't know what kind of threat it poses yet. So how are you setting California up to to prepare for all of or this? Or just being as vigilant as we can and trying to get more people vaccinated. That's yeah. the pathway. That's the yeah. passport out of this pandemic. Woo! Get vaccinated. Woo! They must have put up an applause sign. Applaud. Woo! I know. Um, I was when when uh, when Whoopi said like, oh, like California had the first confirmed case of the, you know, I don't want to 
share too many like keywords here online. Um, but I was just thinking like it would be California. We would be the would be first to have this. And, and it, we'll get to it later, but he makes a comment about how California is always the first in the nation on everything. And well, they can add that to their resume that we were the first in the nation to get that. So yeah, um, good job, California. Um, let's keep going. And, booster, and getting booster. that booster, and yeah. I think we're increasingly starting to understand this may be a three dose it vaccine. Yes. Right? And, and we'll particular. move beyond just the booster yes. narrative. But look, okay, stop right there again. <laughs> Uh, the booster and everything talking about the booster disclaimer for the overlords. We are not scientists. We're not doctors. We're not making a medical prescription. Don't listen to us. Talk to your own doctor. Uh, we're just opining about it. Um, so now they're saying you have to get the booster to prevent against this OMG Schmarian. I like to call it. Um, there is no booster or vaccine for it yet. There's nothing specific for it yet. And so I pulled up this article. This was from NBC News. And it said Pfizer vaccine may be less effective against Omicron. Early lab data indicate. Um, so already right off the bat, Pfizer is not as effective, according to NBC News, against Omicron. Now, um, of course, the CEO of Pfizer came out a couple of days later and said, no, we believe it's very effective and we think you should get three and four shots, um, which there's no conflict of interest there for the Pfizer CEO to want you to continue to keep getting his shots in eternity. But this article talks about uh, the protection against it. And there was something interesting at the bottom um, about how they don't have an Omicron. OK, let's see. It says, this is from Dr. Paul Offit, a vaccine expert at Children's Hospital, Philadelphia, talking about the drop in antibodies. And then he says, that can only be answered in real world studies, because when you're looking at neutralizing antibodies, you're just looking at one component of the immune system. Um, if the study is predictive and the variant is found to evade protection provided by vaccination in real world, people should get booster shots of an Omicron specific vaccine, he said. Um, and then it goes on at the last paragraph, it says vaccine makers have also said they're developing Omicron specific shots if needed. And we're like a hundred days out or less. There is no Omicron specific vaccine. There's no Omicron specific booster yet. They're pushing this idea of like Newsom just said, the booster will provide protection against this, but we don't have a specific vaccine for it. Um, so already right off the bat it sounds like he's pushing this narrative that doesn't jive with the science or what's really happening with these vaccines i know this is a touchy subject on social media but i think it's worth calling out i agree 100 percent um for me personally i don't have an opinion about you know those kinds of discussions i you know i err on the side of freedom you know everyone should make the best choices for themselves um so any kind of scientific talks, they go a little bit over my head. Um, but the one thing that you know, I will give, you know, my own opinion on is, um, I always find it incredibly ironic when Newsom, you know, errs on the side of science and promoting, you know, these kinds of methods for public health purposes. Um, you know, considering like, for him as governor, like, California had the slowest rollout, you know, for 
for the V um, for those that wanted it out of the entire nation. And he also disenfranchised it while President Trump was in office. Um, and, you know, and I ever since, you know, that came out, um, I just kind of find it ironic that he threw so much shade at like science or whatever. Um, and now his big promotion is promoting, you know, the shot um, and the booster. Um, so it's like his tune changed based off of that. So anything that he promotes in regards to things to kind of help slowing the spread or whatever, um, I can never take it seriously because um, everything that he does is political. I think it's important for people to remember that. Like he never, in my personal opinion, I don't think he really cares about airing on the side of public health. I think he does things off of what's politically advantageous for himself and his, the Democrat party. Mm -hmm. and, and airing on the side of caution, I feel like this is one thing that's very unscientific where they don't, we don't know much about it yet. We've been, you know, it's been what about a week and last week was the first signs of it and the stock market had a huge dip um, and everyone was freaking out over it. Now I feel like this week we've got like more data and people are looking at what's going on um, in South Africa where it originated. They haven't seen a huge spike in deaths. They haven't seen a huge spike in hospitalizations. Um, and so they're kind of like putting the cart before the horse where they don't really know much about this variant but they're already prescribing what you need to do to this variant to protect yourself against this variant when they're not sure whether it does or does not, or whether it's specific, whether it evades it. Um, and to me, that seems very unscientific to just kind of say, well, just go ahead and, and just do it. And we think it will work, but we're not quite sure. So um, that's just my thoughts on that. And of course, that's the approved line right now is get your booster, keep getting shots. Um, again, Jimmy Fallon came out with a whole music video specifically targeted at getting your booster. Um, so that's the new line. And I think it's funny that he said this is the, the once we get past the booster, that will be it. We'll be done with he, he he's predicting is a bold prediction for a Democrat like Gavin Newsom that once we're done with the booster and everyone gets the booster, we'll be done with COVID. Do you think he he's right or do you think he's just blowing smoke? Like what? Why would he say something like that? He's 100 percent just blowing smoke. Um, I think 2020 should have instilled and I don't encourage it, but I know I had trust issues because I felt like even today this year in 2021, it's almost done. But ever since 2020, I feel like every single day, we were at the mercy of different rules and different changes. And it grew to the point where it was kind of a little bit inexcusable. Like, I got over the, the guise of like, oh, like, we're in this together. And you know, we don't know much. Like, I lost, I felt like they lost that credibility. And they lost that excuse to be able to throw out those notions. Because um, I genuinely believe, I think they know what they're doing. Um, I think that if you had a hard stance and if you had a, you know, an agenda in that regard, you would be you would be strong about it. So, in my opinion, I think he's blowing smoke and he wants us to drag drag on as long as possible because it's politically advantageous for him. 
Um, Because otherwise, if he wasn't in this position, like there wouldn't be much use for him. Um, There weren't people that knew much about Gavin Newsom until 2020, um, which I think is probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing. We don't know too much about your governor. You should know who your governor is, but you shouldn't know too much in the sense if you're someone that believes in limited government in that sense. Um, but for him, like this was a great area of opportunity. The COVID area was a great area of opportunity to get for him to get publicity. Um, he's on the view right now. And, um, but that's just my take. Yeah. And it's, uh, he, he's again, I feel like this is, he's done this a lot. A lot of politicians do this constantly. And I think that's why you're seeing the poll numbers of people who are concerned about COVID and sort of the vigilance of people about COVID starting to wane. Like you're starting to see in public polls, COVID was the top issue for a lot of, you know, elections or Virginia or whatever has been happening recently. But now it's gone back to, it's always the economy. Like they said with Bill Clinton, it's the economy, stupid. Um, Economy's number one, probably inflation's up there as well, which is part of the economy. And COVID has dropped down a little bit. And I think maybe part of that is, We've been constantly with this carrot and stick for so long. It literally is like Charlie Brown in the football where they say, oh, if you just do X, we'll be good and we can go back to normal. And and then after you do X, they're like, oh, no, wait, just a second. Uh, if you do Y, we'll get back to normal. And now I feel like we're I'm like, now if you get back to if you do Z, we'll get back to normal. And I think a lot of people are starting to listen to that and go, wait, I did X, Y, and Z, and now we're, we're still not back to normal? Like, at what point do we just say, like, give us, when are we going to be out of this? When is this going to be over? So I think that's a clever political move of him again. He's trying to do the whole carrot and stick thing um, where it's like, oh, if you just get your booster, we'll be done. We'll be out of this and, and we can move on with our lives and we can go back to normal. Okay, but I thought that's what you said about the original doses of the vaccine was get the vaccine, we can go back to normal. Now it's get the booster and we can go back to normal. Um, So we're one minute and 24 seconds in and we've already stopped it so many times. Uh, But it's good. This is chock full. Uh, Do you have anything else you want to add before we move on? No, we, yeah, we're good for now. We we got a lot to talk about, so we'll keep going. California, 92, almost 93% of adults have received at least one dose. Okay, I got to stop it. Based on, and I was trying to find this number, okay? Yeah. Um, Because I pulled it up. I pulled it up from the actual California database, their own site. Yeah. I don't see where the number 93% comes in that adults are vaccinated. I see these numbers. 69.1 of people who are fully vaccinated, 8.2 have been partially vaccinated. So if you add those together, that's still not 93%. Um, 34, 35% of people have actually already gotten their booster. So good on California. They're taking his advice. Um, But I don't know where this 93% is coming in. Yeah, and then even like in San Diego, also, um, Nate, or one of the county supervisors, Nathan Fletcher, always boosts about, and Nora Vargas as well. They always 
speak upon like the vaccination rates in San Diego were in like the 90%, which I haven't mm-hmm. personally verified. I'm not sure how they get that data. Um, but regardless, if we were to take, you know, Newsom's word and, you know, San Diego's word, but, you know, in particular for Newsom, um, my whole thing is like, okay, that's awesome. Like, you know, that's a pretty high percentage rate. Um, and that's not surprising to me, you know, considering you like, regardless of what people's personal convictions are, um, the majority of people in the country in general, they, they get those, they get those kinds of things. Um, and so for me, like it doesn't further justify, um, Newsom's orders and Newsom's recommendations, um, because, and it does make sense now because you kind of create a perfect analogy. It's like a carrot and a stick. It's always it's always a tug of war thing. It's a never ending cycle. It's like, you know, we're always in like this hamster. We're in a, we're, we're basically like a gerbil or a hamster, like constantly, um, you know, in the wheel, I feel. Um, so when he touts those, those uh, medical accomplishments, it doesn't, I don't think it's very encouraging. It's just kind of further justifies like, why are we still doing this then? If so many people are doing what doing what I feel they were going to do regardless. Why are we still in a state of emergency? Yeah. And, and to say 93% of adults have at le- have received at least one dose seems really, really high when you think about the amount of pushback that happens. And we're, you and I are both sort of always on the front lines and we're, we we kind of got our hands in this and we're always monitoring this. But that seems really high. That seems like basically everybody you know would have a first dose. And it doesn't seem that way in California. So I don't know where, again, I don't know where this number comes from. Um, If it was so, if it was that much of something to brag about, I feel like it would be on the COVID California.gov site. It'd be like first and foremost that 93% of people have gotten or 93% of adults but I don't see it here. So I don't know where he's pulling that number from. Um, I mean, he's not going to cite to any of his sources, but that's to be expected. He's on a program that's very, uh, very friendly to him. So they're, they're, they're not going to call him out on that. So let's see. What does he say next? Let's see if we can get longer than five seconds before having to stop again. Yeah, And, and that's encouraging. And and it it shouldn't surprise anyone that we have the third lowest positivity rate in the country. And it Mm -hmm. shouldn't surprise anybody that we're safely able to keep our kids back in person for instruction without the episodic closures that we're seeing in other parts of the country. I always get so frustrated when he talks about the schools. Um, Just a few plugs on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, You know, so there's a lot of great accounts for, um, you know, those that are interested in following um, one in particular, um, there's this man named Jonathan Zacherson. He's the founder of Reopen California Schools. Um, it's the biggest Facebook group and their number one mission is was got started in 2020. And their goal was to reopen California schools that started because Newsom kept shutting down the schools. Um, and it, that subject is always contingent upon your county. Um, but when he touts those kinds of things about like, oh, like we're keeping children, you know, for live instruction. It really always bothers me because I always see like these posts from different parents on Twitter and Instagram, how 
like our children, in my personal opinion, like if I were to pick a group of people that have suffered the most and everyone has suffered and has had consequences and different things. But if I were to pick one demographic that I think ruins got ruined the most, it's children. Um, in my mm-hmm. opinion, I think it's because adults, we couldn't be adults. Um, children still have to wear masks in schools. Um, and they're under scrutiny in regards to like the medical freedom stuff. Um, so yeah, I just, there's so much I could, like, I just feel like I could just blow up about that. Um, but that, uh, bringing children back live, um, and, and in-person instruction, um, there's still some schools that haven't reopened for in-person and full-time instruction. And if they are, um, the children in California have, uh, they're under the worst conditions. They still have to wear masks. Um, in LA and Los Angeles, um, there's also, um, you know, the medical mandates, um, which have been a big issue, um, in particular for like Los Angeles County. Um, so I don't, I don't, I think that's one thing he should take, have several seats of when he's talking about is his record on schools in California. Yeah. It's interesting that he's trying, I don't know. I mean, I think California, you can correct me if I'm wrong. California might've been one of the last States to allow students back into the classroom. Yeah, we were the last one. We were okay. We were the last one to let students back into the classroom. So he's saying like, well, we haven't, you know, because of all these things we've done, we haven't had to worry about these episodic open close. But okay, school aside, there were these episodic open and closes for pretty much all of 2020 was all episodic. I mean, that was what, what California was like. It was one day it was, you could go do stuff and then the tears changed and now it's color coded. And now all of a sudden he's rolling out these new parameters. And then last December happened and we closed down again. And um, for him to kind of brag about, well, because we've done these things, we haven't had these episodic open and closing. And we also, he forgets to mention we were the last in the nation to let children back into school or let the students back into school doesn't really show that the that like California's leading it sounds like California's like lagging behind just so all this stuff that California did didn't make them the first in the nation to let kids back into school back to reopen logic would dictate that um if we were killing it so much with everything we were doing and all the preventative measures California should have came out of the pandemic a lot sooner right like we should have killed it we should have been like we're awesome we're immune to it we've moved past it look at how awesome but we haven't we haven't moved past it as well as i would say like florida has and this was one thing that i looked up um when he was talking about the actual positivity rates now he said that they have like the third lowest positivity rate in the nation right now however right now in the last seven days california is leading the nation in the amount of cases um and new deaths in the last seven days and in the last seven days there's been 509 deaths and i'm alluding to kind of giving away what he's going to bring up next 
and Florida only had 10. So I don't know where we're, if we're still leading according to his statistics. Um, it sounds like we're leading in the amount of cases and the amount of deaths over the last seven days. So that doesn't seem like a good thing to be leading on. Yeah. And um, let me post this in the chat for so you could kind of pull it up. Um, but if we're also leading the in the nation for like schools reopening, then why is the Orange County Board of Education why did they file a lawsuit to end the state of emergency? Um, which you know, in that regard, why why is well, he's going to bring it up later on in the interview, but he always he always he was he always emphasizes like you know California, it's a huge state, it's the largest state, so you know he has to rely on local power and. He, you know, gives credit to those that are in local power. And my whole thing is like, okay, so you're relying on that, but you have your local power fighting back against you. So if you want to pull that up, I think it would be interesting. I'm not sure if you've heard about it, but we have a, like a school board trustee, you know, fighting back against that as well. Um, mm -hmm. So if the schools are doing what they're supposed to, as far as reopening, I will understand like how come, you know, these individuals, how, how come they have to be the ones to step up to the plate, you know, to kind of do what the governor's supposed to be doing if schools are doing so wonderful. So there's just so much to unpack um, in yeah. regards to like education. Our public schools, because we have followed science and public health. That said, we have 11 confirmed cases as of this morning of this new variant. Mm -hmm. And that presumes, uh, I think, that we'll see Dozens more in the next days, hundreds more right. in the next weeks, right. thousands more. But they're saying that. that the third dose is what's going to kill Omicron. Yeah. So yeah. we have to remember that. The boost is very important. It's critical because yeah. we, we know the science on the waning immunity. We know at a certain point you're going to see waning immunity. As a consequence, that third boost, uh, booster becomes fundamental. That third right. shot becomes fundamental. Got to stop it again. <laughs> so Joy brings up this again, talking about the booster and that the the, the third shot will certainly kill Omicron, even though we don't know anything about it. It literally just showed up a week ago and the vaccine companies need 100 days to create an Omicron specific variant uh, vaccine. Um, but Joy Behar, after a week, can conclusively say that this will kill it, that this is from Joy Behar. She's not a scientist, but... Um, she can tell you that if you get it, you'll, this will be it. And um, he brings up this interesting point about we've seen the studies on waning immunity. And um, I pulled up this article. This was from CNS News. Um, Yale epidemiology professor, natural immunity is much longer lasting than vaccinated immunity. Um, a Yale University epidemiology professor said that natural immunity is needed to, quote, combat other viruses, other strains that may be coming as well. And for longer lasting protection, natural immunity is much longer lasting than, than vaxxed immunity. Um, there's a whole video, but we don't have to watch that entire video. Um, the vaccine immunity has a finite lifespan of somewhere between three and six months and it's losing that over time and more people are getting infected again. And we're seeing that we're seeing a lot of countries like Singapore, which has an incredibly high rate 
of vaccination, I think it's over almost like 90%, their cases are skyrocketing again. So there is a, he is kind of right that there is waning immunity, um, but they don't, again, they don't want to talk about natural immunity. They just want to say, oh, just go out and get this booster because we know for sure after one week that it's going to stop it. Yeah. But, you know, make sure you get your scientific and medical advice from Joy Behar of The View. A mental yeah. Board. So, yeah. look, if you haven't gotten your first shot, get your first shot. Please. That's the most yeah. important shot. Yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't gotten that third shot, please do so. And that way we can get back to some normalcy. We can get back beyond this episodic closure. And, open yeah. up. and I hope we'll have more science about the... Um... Again, the only person... The only person who's causing episodic open enclosures is Gavin Newsom, right? Like, it's not us. We're not causing it. But he's trying to make it sound like it's all it's everybody else's fault. I'm not the one who's causing the episodic open enclosures. Yeah, it's our so. fault. It's our fault that we are in this. We are still in the state of emergency bill. It is our fault. It's our fault. Even though 93% of people, have, adults, have gotten their first dose and we're doing such a good job. It's still our fault. You know what? Sometimes I feel like I'm in an abusive relationship with Gavin Newsom and nothing I do is ever good enough for him. That's all. It, that's what I feel like sometimes. Um, we'll never be enough for had. him. Never good enough for him. He has high standards. Uh, I don't, I have no idea who this lady is, but her name she, is Sunny. What's her name? Sunny. Sunny. Okay. Um, she is. I, I think she might be as farther left than like Whoopi Goldberg because she just absolutely despises anything conservative. And she, I think she brings up the point uh, that that got the most news. So let's take a listen. You know, 12, at least 12 and up as well, because we don't know about, about those eight. But let me, one thing, and I, I hate to belabor this, one thing we do know, and it's just interesting, there's so much attention that's been given to Florida as of late. And, and I don't mean this as yes. a cheap shot, but it's interesting. Since the beginning of this pandemic, 53% more deaths per capita in the state of Florida. 53% more wow. yeah. in the state of Florida compared Florida. to Florida. Oh, thank you yeah. for saying that. Yeah. I just think it's an important point because yeah. it's not brought up on a lot of networks in this country. Yeah. And no. it surrounds okay, got to stop. <laughs> it's that not brought up on... worms talking about Florida. It's, n- it's not brought up on any network. Are you kidding me? All they do every time there's a blip, anytime there is any sort of spike, they have to go all in on Florida. It's all over the news. If there's a tiny little spike, they're like, oh, cases are spiking again in, in Florida. Look, we told you. Uh, hospitalizations are up in Florida. We told you. So for him to say the networks never talk about Florida. Is just I, I'm sorry, it's asinine because they always talk about Florida and they're making it seem like like they're being censored. Like, oh, poor us. No one wants to talk about Florida and everyone's coddling and, and protecting Florida. Like he's taking it personally. He's like, why is why is no one talking about Florida? Why we should be talking about how bad Florida is? Um, but he opens a whole can of worms. And I, I haven't heard if if DeSantis has responded to him, but um, yeah, if there's anything you want to add, there's some some stats I, I can go into as well. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up my stats as well. Um, 
Now I know uh, Kevin Kylie had jumped in and tweeted something about how I couldn't find the actual stat, but Kevin Kylie's a smart guy. I assume whenever he posts something, he's not lying to us. Um, yeah, actually, let that, me. I found something here. I'll post in the chat if you want to bring it up. But basically, his last tweet because he did provide some. While you're looking at that, um, he did provide some commentary on Twitter and what. His response is this. Um, he said, the governor went on the view and lied. When Newsom said Florida's death rate is 50% higher than California's and California did better economically than Florida. The reality is age adjusted mortality in the two states is similar and California's unemployment rate is 59% higher. Um, so this was from an old thread where um, Kylie was talking about you know, the mortality rates of, of Florida. And that's, a you know, a journalist and he was, you know, trying to fact check. But if you like read the thread, basically Kylie goes into depth and basically shares that like, no, actually, you know, the mortality rates are very similar and um, California is doing a lot worse than Florida, all things considered. Daily hmm. case rate. Oh, okay. Have been lower than California for the last week. Um, okay. It's per 100,000 people uh, per capita basis. So Florida said fewer cases than every state in the contiguous U.S. with the exception of California. Okay. Um, and then here's uh, the tweet that he shared uh, just today where he provides his commentary. Florida's death rate is 50% higher than California's and California did better economic in Florida. The reality is the age adjusted mortality in the two states is similar and California's unemployment rate is 59% higher. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the tweet that I saw. Um, you I like this guy first. You misunderstood California did better economically because the cost of living is 70% higher than it's Florida. So technically... <laughs> Interesting. Um, anyway, yeah, so Kevin Kiley points that out that uh, it, it is age. There, there's You can fudge the numbers when it comes to this stuff. You can fudge a lot of these numbers when it comes to a lot of these statistics. But again, over the past seven days, California has been having the most cases and the most deaths in the nation compared to Florida, which is way behind. If you're talking about what's more deadly right now it's more deadly in california than it is in florida now that's only seven days it's a small sample size but it doesn't change that fact um and this is i guess what he was referring to was the per 100,000 people uh so florida's here at 288 and then california's way is down here where where are they uh 190 so i did i actually did my crude math it was kind of around that, but again, I think it might be dubious because you can play with these numbers all you want. You can say like, oh, it this number is better for us, but we don't want to talk about daily case rate numbers, or we don't want to talk about the case rates over the past seven days, or we don't want to talk about the deaths over the past seven days. Um, so it's one of those like deceiving ways of him making it sound like no one talks about Florida and how we're like so much better. When in reality, you could go metric by metric and show where Florida is better and you can show in parts where California is better. Um, but 
he's trying to make it sound like California is doing way better than Florida when in reality it's not doing way better than Florida. It's probably right around the same place as Florida. And I still cannot for the life of me, like there are people out there in real life and online and news and Paul and Democrat politicians themselves that strongly believe that California is number one in the nation as far as COVID performance and responses. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it's like, they don't realize that there's people that are actually fleeing California or Florida. We lost a congressional seat because of the census data, because there, we had a decrease in population. Like, it still boggles my mind, like why people pick on Florida. <laughs> well, because it's the, it's the, they're doing everything that the narrative tells you not to do. You know, they're, they're doing everything that you're not supposed to do and they're, th- they're doing well and they're doing better than a lot of people expected. I mean, they were expecting, you know, people would be dying in the streets. There'd be, mass chaos it would just be zombie land in florida but they're thriving they're doing well and their numbers are comparable to a lot of other states who are locked down better than new york which has been basically locked down and it's one major city is basically locked down with vaccine passports and all that so um it's they they pile on florida because it's against the narrative and they want to hold up they want to hold up California as the example. They want to be like, this is the way. Follow California. This is the way to follow the science. And that's why they're probably more than happy to have Newsom on and talk about all this stuff. Because they can hold up California and say, this is the way. This is how we do it. Um, when in reality, I mean, it's all over the place. COVID, it, it's, will be, people will be researching this for decades to come. And the responses and how we handled this and what we did right and what we did wrong and what states did better and why did some states do better. Um, but it's interesting. This is his first dig at Florida. And I, I, again, this goes into my theory that I'll get into after we watch the video. But um, this was what sort of went viral was his dig on Florida. So we'll keep going. We're only at three minutes. So we've <laughs> we're, already we're stopped not halfway it, like, there. <laughs> we're not even halfway through. Um, and, th- and there's plenty more and we're going to get off the COVID train in a little bit and switch topics uh, based on actually a question that comes from Joy Behar, which is surprising. No. The misinformation yeah. that's been perpetuated by folks that somehow freedom yeah. from, and, you know, and I just think that's important. Those states that have followed the science, those states mm-hmm. that have encouraged and increased boosters yeah. and vaccinations have outperformed and not just health well, from a health perspective, but economic. Yeah. yeah. The state of California. Again, again, he's trying to say we're the example and we've outperformed, which if you go metric for metric, you haven't outperformed in a lot of areas. Um, but they want to say that California has done much better. And this is the example. And economically, I don't. I haven't looked into the economic data of why California might be doing better. Um, So I can't comment on that, but it's hard to believe that it's hard to believe California is doing economically better when we were basically locked down for an entire year and we probably lost how many businesses and jobs, but yeah. 
I mean, we have a 59% unemployment rate higher than Florida. Our EDD program has fraud. Um, we apparently, we have a $31 billion surplus. Um, mm -hmm. So we definitely don't have like a revenue problem for California. Um, it's definitely a spending problem though. But all things considered, uh, our economy is not doing well and it hasn't been doing well for a while at all. So, yeah, I do like um, the, the if you watch for the audio listeners who are tuning in, you can't watch the video or see what we're pointing out. He did pick up the mannerisms of Obama, if you noticed, with the finger and the way he, he uses his hands. and He's always pointing out and Obama used to do the finger all the time where he's like, uh listen here this is uh this is uh we all need free health care okay okay so um he's got the hands he's got the political hands down almost too much because he's like all over the place with the hands yeah um we'll keep going they did better economically yes. in florida and texas and indiana and the u.s as a whole and i say that not to impress but to impress upon you they go hand in hand yeah. yep. and we have to move beyond thank that thank you for saying that well, we say that um, a lot on this show, especially because of the governor of, of, of Florida doesn't seem to be following the science. Um, well, New York City mayor. I mean, that's a that's a nice dig to say the governor of Florida is not following the science. He's not following your science. Can, yeah. Can, can we just he's not he's not following your science. He's not follow. He's not a member, uh, uh, you know, a weekly church going member of the church of Fauciism, He's just, he doesn't subscribe to your type of science. Um, <laughs> so he, I mean, he's had, he's had these panels where like medical doctors will come on and discuss this stuff, but he got booted off YouTube for trying to discuss this stuff in person. So uh, it's just not your science. Um, who, whatever your name is, Sonny, that's her name. Yeah. <laughs> just not your science that's what they have to they, they need to be more specific so yeah uh, bill de blasio is following the science and he just announced okay okay i'm sorry bill de blasio <laughs> that's gonna be your example is bill de blasio is following the science oh, wilhelm vonheim or whatever his real name is <laughs> is in the last couple of weeks of his mayorship in New York City. His reign of terror will be over soon. Um, I, I heard the new guy is more moderate. Uh, he used to be an NYPD officer, so he's not going to be all defund the police and all that stuff. He's yeah. not a commie, um, which Bill de Blasio was a self-professed commie. They're saying he's following the science. Um I mean, that's a whole different issue about New York City and how they're this guy just throws out mandates left his mandate recently. And uh, this is what I think I just pulled up. Um, this was the one that she's going to talk about, the vaccine mandate, which was already blocked by a judge. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was issued and blocked within 24 hours. Because yeah. he was trying to to mandate for private or private businesses now we almost had that here in california but thankfully a lot of people pushed back on it and it didn't pass i would fully suspect by january in the new legislative session they're going to try and do it again right yeah they definitely will yeah it's only because they got a massive amount of pushback
this time that they kind of backed off of it. But I definitely think in and Newsom probably wasn't going to sign it right before his recall. Yeah, that was the other thing. So I would fully suspect. Um, but Bill de Blasio following the science. Right. Um, all those people packed on the subway is not doing anything to spread COVID through New York City. Follow the science. Um, all right, we'll keep going. A sweeping new vaccine, uh, vaccine mandates for all private businesses um, and for all blocked. kids over five eating indoors as what he calls a preemptive strike on Omicron. Would you consider something? All right, got to stop it again. This is what worries me. I think this worries a lot of people. This idea of a preemptive strike on Omicron. Again, we don't know anything about it. We don't know a lot about it, yet we're already starting these preemptive strikes on diseases and illnesses we know little to nothing about. That should scare the pants off people that the government is like, we're going to preemptively strike against something we know nothing about and we're going to take away your rights as a result of it but it's a preemptive strike and it's for your 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 good um that should terrify a lot of people it doesn't terrify sunny who thinks that bill de blasio is following the science um but that her saying that it's a preempt or bill de blasio saying it's a preemptive strike should scare the pants off people that this is sort of the way uh, politicians have been going. I agree a hundred percent. I think it's, it's definitely pretty astounding that that is like the first like reaction or the first thing that they think of is like, Oh, how can we stop life from being normal when we have this small threat? Um, yeah. and, they, and it's always like the work, like the most drastic measures, like, oh, like, let's figure out a way to prevent people from living their life. Let's prevent people from going into a store. Let's prevent kids from going to schools. Like, it's always like the most drastic thing that you could possibly imagine. And you're, and it's based off of data and speculation. Um, mm -hmm. like it just, it just boggles my mind. And, and I don't think it's the government's job to preemptively determine something is going to be a risk to you when they know nothing about it. Um, I think that's way too much foresight for the government to believe that they have to intervene into your life and go, we're going to, based on nothing really, but speculation, we're just going to intervene in your life and we're going to tell you that this is going to save you um, when you don't know nothing about it. So that that to me is scary. And I think people who laud politicians like that, who are doing these preemptive strikes on stuff we know nothing about is scary. But, you know, she's, you know, a well to do. I assume she's doing pretty well. She's on The View, so she doesn't really care. Her job's not going to stop if they shut everything down. She's not going to lose her job over it. She'll just keep going on The View, right? Yeah, her life isn't getting her life hasn't been impacted. Um and it yeah. and it won't. So why does it matter to her, right? Exactly. Like this, um, can you rule out imposing more mandates? Look, I, at this point with a two and a half percent positivity rate and we're we're working our way through this, 
We don't see that in the immediate term. That said, California hasn't been shy for stay-at-home order for yeah, China, for healthcare workers, for schools, et cetera, and all state employees. We've been first in every category. Yeah. We have cities and counties that have adopted not dissimilar strategies than the mayor here has, and we're not getting away of local determination, particularly in a state as large as ours. Remember, yeah. California is the size of 21 states yeah. in yeah. America combined. Yeah. Did you right. see how uh, San Diego had a an OMG case? Oh, uh, oh yeah, I saw it. it was a, a <laughs> fully fully vaccinated, fully boosted. Got the OMG, yeah, OMG would, schmarit. It would be our county. <laughs> yeah. Of course it would be. And Al's, uh, Nathan Fletcher is probably rubbing his hands together going, excellent. Now how can I ruin people's lives? Um, so I, I want to go back to what she said, Sonny, and why she asked, can you roll out more mandates? Why? Why, why would we need to roll out more mandates? He just laid out for the first three or four minutes of this interview how well california is doing yeah why would we need more mandates if we're doing so well and everything's working there's no reason for more mandates um and i was i was kind of like i want well the first time i watched this and he was like well you know we're at two point whatever positivity rate we're doing really well um we don't really see that need right now i went phew and then all of a sudden he pivots and goes but with that said we've been the first to do stuff and we're not shy about doing stuff and we'll be the first to do this, that, and I'm like, Oh man, he's, he's just itching to get like mandates again. Yeah. I mean, I won't Although, be surprised. He did. He does bring up this point and this was something I actually gave him credit for in the beginning of COVID was when COVID first happened, he kind of governed it like a president where he said, look, I'll give you the recommendations. I'm not going to require anything. Every county handles it different, which made sense because every county in California was completely different. And everyone was dealing with different things and rates and positivities and stuff like that. Um, so I actually gave him credit in the beginning. I said, cool. He's just going to let counties do it themselves. Local government. That's how it should be done. Um but he's also the guy who stepped in and made himself king of California for almost a year where he basically said, I'm just going to decree everything across the state, um, regardless of where you are. If you're in L.A. County or if you're in Inyo County, you all have to follow the same rules. Um, so for him to kind of tout that he's all about localism and, and keeping it at a local level is kind of odd since he was basically king of California for a while. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. And so that's why localism is determinative. Really? And that's why I appreciate the work that many mayors uh, and regional leaders have provided in this pandemic. And not the we're Republican leaders. That, right. Yeah. Uh, we are partnering from a regional basis. So I can't opine on the specifics here on the basis of that determination, but I respect that determination. And I prefer a default that focuses on science and public health right. than the default of walking backwards. Right, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna change the subject now because California is seeing a wave of smash and grab robberies 
um, where mobs yeah. ransack re retail stores. Yep. Your own business has been robbed multiple times in the past year. You have a right. wine, a couple of wine stores, I understand. Yep. Critics in law enforcement blame this on your lax bail and theft policies, emboldening criminals. Yeah. Okay, here's your chance to tell us. Well, I, 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 they couldn't even identify what they're referring to as it relates yeah. to those policies. Oh, but we can. We can. <laughs> Don't worry, noodles. Don't worry. We can. Uh, first off, let's look at Prop 47 on Ballotopedia. One of the big issues was Prop 47, which reclassified a whole bunch of uh, felonies as misdemeanors. And then there's this whole part about debates, and you can go for yourself and look at it. I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to read more about it. Um, passed by a wide margin. I didn't realize it passed by that much. 59 to 40. That's, that's pretty scary. Um, but when you go down and you look at it, Who's the first person who supported it? Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom. Um, and then let's move over to Prop 57. And this is parole for nonviolent criminals. And this is where they reclassified a bunch of violent crimes as nonviolent crimes. And you go down to the bottom and look who supported it. Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom. So now he's trying to walk back and say, I, I don't know what they're talking about. I, I, these aren't my policies. I've never supported this stuff. This is, this is wrong. Um, but yeah, you, you did support this stuff. Um, the cash bail was a, a, I think it was a Supreme court case. Um, but those two propositions alone, 47 and 57, are definitely two policies that he supported in the past. And now he's trying to walk back and say like, oh, I, I don't know. No, none of my opponents can point to where I supported these policies and, and why there's rising crime. Yeah, I, I, I trust nothing when Newsom talks about crime, considering he released violent criminals in 2020 during COVID because he felt like, you know, it was best for science. Um, he kind of, he just lost all credibility when he did that for me. Yeah. So I was actually surprised Joy Behar brought up this. Maybe this was because they wanted to give him a softball so that he can respond to it. Cause it's one of the biggest things facing California right now. Yeah. Um, and there's other, there's other, it's like a nationwide uh, discussion to like, even like on all the news networks. Um, they're talking about it because the rise of crime is actually nationwide, but in particular, they always use California as a case study because of the smash and grab uh, crimes yeah. lately. See, so that's a lot of rhetoric. That yeah. said, it's unacceptable what's happening. Those images are unacceptable. Yeah. I, I can give you facts and I'm happy to share them, but there's feelings as well. And then it, that, the feelings matter more. Do I feel safe? <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, do well, that's I feel reassuring. We have a governor that cares about feelings more than policies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I care more about feelings than uh, the actual facts. Forget the fact that uh, the Louis Vuitton store was in Union Square in San Francisco was robbed for everyone to see, and no one stopped him. Um, but we have to talk about feelings. Feelings are very important right now. I wonder how those people robbing and smashing and grabbing were feeling. Um, as they were stealing expensive handbags. These flash mobs 
that they're organized, are aren't they? Very organized. Yeah. And I just want to know, we take not only they are organized. Here, we're calling it out. Joy. There's no excuse. We don't condone that kind of behavior. Mm -hmm. We want to arrest and prosecute folks, and we are doing that. We mm -hmm. actually not only prosecuting, we just announced a six-year sentence for an organized ring just last week. There have been prosecutions and there have been arrests in LA. Wow. One ring. Well done. <laughs> um I, we're going to, I'm going to have, um, this is kind of a plug for the next podcast, but a colleague of mine who's a prosecutor, she's going to be on next week. She's going to talk about the rising crime and stuff like this and, and what it's been like as a prosecutor. Um, and I think I brought this point up on my social media is you can prosecute all of these and people say, well, it's, you're not going to get put in jail if you rob less than $950. Okay, they, that, that may be a little bit too much of a loose interpretation. You, it, It's a misdemeanor, meaning you probably won't get jail time. You'll get like a fine and a slap on the wrist. So even if you prosecute all of these criminals who are walking in, and we're not just talking about the smash and grabs, we're talking about the people who walk into the CVS in San Francisco or the Walgreens that you see who just fill up a cart and just walk out. Even if you prosecute that guy, it's still a misdemeanor. He's still going to be back out and he, he's probably not going to show up to court ever again because he doesn't really care. And he's still back out on the streets so that it doesn't matter. He, you could spend all day and all night prosecuting these low level offenses, clogging up the court system. Doesn't change the fact that the laws are bad. Um, so I'm sure we'll talk about that more next week when my colleague comes on. But that's the point I want to make is that He's trying to say, well, we're prosecuting, we're arresting. But most of those people, when it comes to this stuff, will probably be back out on the street very soon. In San Francisco, and we recognize we have to do more and better, but it's not unique to California. No. You've seen in Chicago, Minnesota, but also this is not unique. Property crime has gone up in many, many states, red states, not just blue states, violent crime and property crime, for example, is higher in Texas than it is in California. I don't see that on Fox News. Why do you, uh, as you won't see that there. Yeah. In 39 states, and this is interesting and important, you won't see that 39 there. states did what California did mm -hmm. since 2000, and that's raised this felony threshold, yep. which is mm -hmm. what they're pointing to as the cause. Yeah. Even though we did it in 2014, and crime increased in 15 and 16 and 17 and 18 and 19. So there's a convenience, there's a politics that's being played here, but the facts suggest this is something else and different. But if they and that's why well, we're Hold on, because right. I know you have all this right. question, and I just want to say it must really piss people off that you actually maintained your job. I it does, I mean, Whoopi's <laughs> right. It pissed off a lot of people that you he maintained his job. Yeah. Um, I'll get to, okay, now that the video's over, I want to get to my theory. They bring it up, and there's another video where they talk about his book, uh, all about dyslexia and everything like that. And Joy asks him at the end, so are you running for president? That's an odd question for Joy Behar, currently on The View with how many, I don't know, tens of thousands of viewers. I'm going to say tens of thousands because I don't know how many people watch The View. I don't think it's in the millions. Um, it's interesting for her to ask, are you going to run for president when 
are you assuming that Biden's not running for president because you would assume he's running in 2024 and that Newsom would have to wait until what 2028 that's a long time away why would you ask him if he's running for president right now yeah so I think that my theory this is my my tinfoil hat theory this book tour is not only just a book tour it is a test run for Newsom as a presidential candidate for 2024 what are your that's thoughts very, yeah that's a very plausible theory um I definitely, if it were to happen, I would not be surprised. Um, it was definitely like there was always some kind of like talks amongst politicians in Sacramento and, you know, amongst the people too, that the COVID era was basically a chance for Gavin to really change the way California is and, you know, kind of like his chance with all these press press conferences to get national recognition. So, you know, there was no denying that, like, if you were to put on your tinfoil hat, like he was planting the seeds. So, you know, I definitely agree with your theory. I won't be surprised if that were to happen. Yeah. And I think the more reports I hear coming out that uh, Biden doesn't like Kamala and she's not very popular and her staff hates her. Um, I, I always thought it was going to be Biden was the, he was the Trojan horse to get Kamala in office. And then they would do the switcheroo and get Kamala in as vice president. Like Joe would step down after a while. Um, but now it's appearing like they just don't like each other, which makes me believe that they're really not going to give it up to Kamala. Um, and Joe may step aside in 2024 and allow for someone like Gavin Newsom to run. And I think that this, he, you know, or Gavin Newsom just sees the writing on the wall and he sees how unpopular Biden and Kamala are right now. And he figures if I can get out there on a national stage, I can raise my national profile. I can do all these shows. I can get out there and, and, and be, front and center in front of the country. And I can see, I can gauge how people like me. I can gauge the reaction to it. So he might be doing this on his own because he might see the writing on the wall of how unpopular Biden is. And he's just trying to put it out there as to whether he can be president in 2024. No, I agree. And I think it's important for, you know, the viewers to like recognize to like, you know, we're Republicans and, you know, we're, conservatives for the most part but like you know so obviously on our side we're going to analyze things from our perspective of what's going to benefit our side but on the democrat side too they have their own you know viewpoints and um you know they have their own like echo chamber as well um you know if there was anyone that was following like other races and other states as well um beto O'Rourke, who's running for governor in texas like he, he in interviews have he have even mentioned that like he's trying to hammer down the point that like he doesn't want Biden to be a part of his campaign. Um, he wants mm. it to focus on the people of Texas. So it's like all the Democrats know like how popular this administration is and are trying to figure out their own moves and strategies of what's benefiting them. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think it's uh, they see the same polls we're seeing, and I've just seen poll after poll come back. Um, poll Watcher is a really good one on uh, Twitter. If you ever want to follow, Poll Watcher is very good. Um, and I've just seen poll after poll of like Biden just cratering with independence, and he's just not doing well. Now, Wall Street Journal came out with Hispanics are evenly split amongst Democrats and Republicans, and if 2024 who would you vote for and i think trump would win amongst hispanics against biden if the election were held today so i i think they just see the writing on the wall he might just say i'm just gonna why not why not just go out there but that's my tinfoil hat theory as to the point of this book tour was not just for the book it was for him as a potential 2024 candidate but I always like to postulate and and make those theories. And I don't think it's that crazy or that out there because we all know he's, he's had higher aspirations ever since he was mayor of San Francisco. He's always had higher aspirations. No, agreed. And I think because he's not doing the press conferences anymore, this is his chance to shine. Yeah. And he's been gone. You know, I mean, he looks like I said, well relaxed and tan from his $200,000 trip to Cabo. Um, staying at a Russian oligarch's house. Um, anyway, uh, that's for another time. Uh, all right. We got about an hour and 10. So we definitely got a lot out of a seven minute interview with Gavin Newsom. We got almost an hour of, of discussion out of it. Um, so we'll wrap it up here, but any final thoughts, uh, where can people find you stuff like that time, you know, plug away your social media where people can find you and, and follow more of your thoughts. Sure. So if anyone wants to keep in touch and follow along on Instagram, you could follow me at Cynthia Cowie. So uh, C-Y-N-T-H-I-A. And then my last name is Cowie. It's like Maui, but with a K. So it's K-A-U-I. You can follow me on Instagram. You can also find me on Twitter where I'm most active in regards to politics. Um, And then I'm a volunteer for Californians for School Choice, where we are working hard to get a ballot initiative for November 2022, so we can get school choice in California. So if people are interested in looking at that, the website is californiaschoolchoice.org. And we have a San Diego County chapter Instagram. So if you're interested in following along there, it's on Instagram, school choice San Diego. But other than that, thank you, Phil, for having me on. And whenever you want me back, just let me know. Great. Uh, and everyone who's following or listening every Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Coffee and California Politics over on Instagram. And we do this weekly podcast over here on YouTube. And you follow on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff for California Underground. And um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh, see you on the next one. Later. for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it, and follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 